Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Um, I'm going to just jump right in. Today we're going to talk about without fear. I don't know if you know this or not, if you're aware of it, that anxiety and fear and pressure are, I believe, an out-of-control all-time high. Just wherever you go. I heard a statistic that the um, CDC said that the United States now has more suicide rate than ever before. I think it's an average of 100, over 100 and around 147 a day in America. And um, I was reading Luke 1, and I'm just going to jump right in, and then I'm going to just talk. I, I'm going to just read. This is a really cool. This is a um, publication by Alabaster, and this one is the Gospel of Luke. It's in the New Living Translation. And I'm just going to read the first chapter. You can follow along if you want. And I'm going to stop and give a little commentary as I go. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. I'm going to just pause. So Luke is kicking off this entire book saying, I am writing you this book so you can be certain of the things that you have been taught. If you want to be certain about the things of Jesus, then I'd say spend some time in Luke. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah, and he was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah One day, Zachariah was serving in the temple where his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zachariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zachariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause them, those who are rebellious, to accept the godly wisdom of the godly. And Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, 
My wife is also well along in years. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, while the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did came out, come out, he couldn't speak to them. And they realized from his gestures and his silence, he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Now, I just want to pause and say that Zacharias and Elizabeth had been in a place of a wilderness. It had been a long time. In fact, they were past the, the time and of being able even to have children. And when, when the angel says, God has heard your prayer, it's actually a prayer that Zachariah wasn't even praying any longer. <laughs> And I just feel like, I just want to say, I believe that there are some that have been in a wilderness and we are coming to a place of God is answering prayers that you have forgotten. But he has not forgotten. And so in this place of wilderness, I just want to tell you this, that I don't believe that God was like just being harsh um, with Zechariah. In science, what you're saying is important. And he knew, I need to make sure that there's not a lot of negative speaking about what I have spoken. Just some two two extra two cents in. (laughs) So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, sorry. Okay. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. (laughs) You know, he always has a voice. (laughs) In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village of Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. The kingdom will never end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Do me a favor. Stand up. 
how many can honestly say the Lord has spoken something over your life? Just raise your hand. All right. Repeat after me. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said, about me, come true. Okay, amen. Sit down. Lord, we do, we just, we do, we just say yes and amen. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and, and greeted Elizabeth, and the, the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I just impart to you a believing that the Lord will do what he has said. Mary responded, Oh, my soul praises the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercies from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He's brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel, and remember to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months, and then she went back to her home. When it came time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son, and when her neighbors and relatives heard the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? they exclaimed. There is no one in your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zachariah could speak again, and he began praising God. All fell upon the entire neighborhood, and the news of all that had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and said, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord is surely upon him in a special way. Then his father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. And gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors 
by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear. In holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And John grew up, and he became strong in the spirit. He lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. A couple of things. Both Elizabeth and John were filled with the Holy Spirit. He grew up with spirit-filled parents. It's just kind of cool. I just love reading the word. Sometimes we can read something we've been so familiar, and you just, I encourage you, get in the word, and just say, Holy Spirit, meet me here. Open my eyes to see something I've not seen before. It's so rich. It's so um, life-giving, and I'm telling you, there's so much in what I just read for each one of us right here and right now. Um, but I want to highlight about when, when Zacharias prophesied in um, it's around 67, 68, <clears throat> and he said, he has sent us a mighty Savior. Now, remember, Jesus hasn't even been born yet. He's prophesying. But he had been silent for n- nine months. And he had, he had been in his own wilderness, and he had seen Mary come and hang out And he heard Elizabeth talk about the response of this baby in the womb that recognized Jesus. And immediately when Elizabeth saw her, she began to prophesy, what is this, the the, the mother of my Savior is here. And when he finally spoke, he declared something. He said, we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. Now I'm going to go back and I just want to, well actually I'm going to highlight a few verses. Um, So that was the, in the New King James it says, He grants us that we can be delivered from the hands of our enemy, that we might serve without fear in holiness and righteousness. And then John the Baptist was going to declare about Jesus, Tender mercy of God, which the day spring has visited, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our faith into the way of peace. Now I'm going to pause and say this. We're in a season of Advent, and we're thinking and remembering about the story about when Jesus came, but we all know he's coming again, right? I believe the Lord wants to raise up a spirit of Elijah to prepare a way for the coming of the Lord. And I believe that that's part of what he has spoken, the things he's spoken over each one of us is not so that we have a great life. I mean, he wants us to have a great life, but it's actually about preparing him room to come and to move because there's a lot of people in darkness that need still to see the great light. And so um, when we think about that, see, it's the very thing, it's fear that can keep us, it can be the natural. I mean, let me just think about this. I mean, 
I don't know, how old Elizabeth and how long have you guys been married? 56 years. Now our 80, I mean, what do you imagine if like all of a sudden, you know, Gabriel came to you and said, guess what, you're having a baby. <laughs> I mean, really, that, that, <laughs> that would be a little inconvenient. How about you, Cap and Ruth? What about if the angel came and said, guess what, you're having a baby? Yeah, that's a scary thought. <laughs> okay, well, it would be just as inconvenient. Is Caitlin here? If all of a sudden she had explained to her parents, God came and the Holy Spirit said, I don't understand, but this is what he said. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes, like, walking, following in what God says, does it have a cost? It does. And yet God is saying, hey, I want you to know you can serve me without any fear. Who wants to be fear-free? I'm ready for it. Well, let's go. So, okay, New Living Translation. Oh, we're just skipping this. Okay, can we? Oh, don't freeze now. Hold on. Okay. Um, let's just think about this. Isaiah in Isaiah 9, 1 to 7. Now, well, I'll just say this. The, when, when this encounter happened with, with Gabriel, with John, and with Mary, it had been a silence of 400 years. There had been no talk about a wilderness. It wasn't just that, that Zachariah and Elizabeth were in their own private wilderness. The prophetic had stopped. It had been quiet. There nothing. And it had been 700 years from the scripture that was prophesied in Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, this is verse 1, nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. As when first he lightly esteemed, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Okay, this is 700 years before Jesus was coming. Isaiah is prophesying about what's to come. And he goes on in verse 6, and he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be named and called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Okay, so guess what? Right now, his government is growing. Right now, his peace is going. <laughs> right now. It doesn't, whatever situation you find yourself in, in that moment, you could be confident that God, Jesus' government is go, growing and his peace is there. And it's expanding. That was the word that was spoken over him. You know, we can hear, for unto us the child is born. And we can be so familiar and lose sight of what the scripture is saying. May we never lose the wonder of this amazing prophetic word that's saying, hey, I'm sending my son. He's going to be born. The government is going to be on his shoulder. So it really doesn't matter what the political climate is. It really doesn't matter what's happening in the nation in the, because the government of God is increasing, is on his shoulder, and he is called wonderful. You ever need any wonder? He's counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. 
And see, that Prince of Peace is overall, it is shalom. It's not just without fear. It's like everything. It is flourished. It is thrived. It is every part of your life. He is Prince over it all. And that is what he's come to do for you and I and for everybody in this entire world. Anyone that would receive his olive branch. When Jesus came, he was an olive branch from the Father to us. I want reconciliation. And he's asking us to have an understanding. We have peace, and we're to be carriers of that peace of Jesus, the ministry of reconciliation. Flip over to Isaiah 53. Because this was this little baby that came... But it wasn't just about the manger, and it's really not just about the cross. It's about all eternity. But this is what he was purchasing for us. Isaiah says, the same one that wrote, this child who's going to come is born. He wrote this. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when they see him, there's no beauty that we would just desire him. See, Israel had been waiting for the Messiah, and yet they didn't expect him to come. Even though it had been said, how many times when a prophet, how many have seen a word over your life come to pass, and it's not at all what you thought it would be, but it's totally what God said. That's the way it is. And sometimes we can get so offended because it doesn't happen like what we thought that we could actually miss the very thing. And that's kind of what happened to the nation of Israel. They didn't expect the Messiah to come as an infant. Depend I mean, think about it. The one who spoke the stars into being put himself in the care of broken humanity. There was nothing marvelous about him that people would call and go, oh, he must be the one. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has bore our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to their own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from time, from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. 
When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. I will divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul into death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. He, he purchased, that is part of what he purchased for us, is to walk in peace and joy. You guys okay? All right, got really quiet. <laughs> we need to recalibrate to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Shalom, flourish. I love how Holy Spirit works. That word thrive, I was like, yeah, that's what the Lord is speaking. He's saying shalom is completeness, soundness, welfare, un, is uninsured, safe, sound, whole. The reconciliation of all things to God through the work of Christ. Colossians 1.19 says, It pleased the Father that in him the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether on earth or things in heaven, making peace through the blood of the cross. Peace is a big deal. He wants us to walk in peace. He wants us to live without any fear, without any concern. That is what he desires for us. And you go, okay, well, I believe that. Why, why the wrestle? How many have battled with any kind of fear or anxiety or pressure this week? I mean, it's, it's a very common thing. We have to know how do we then access what has already been purchased for us? How do I walk in that? The Shalom experience is multidimensional, complete well-being. It's physical, psychological, social, and spiritual. It flows from all one's relationship, first being right with God, with yourself, and with your other, with others, with one another. Here's what I would like to propose. I mean, I would, let's just look at Jesus, since we've been kind of talking about the cross. Look at John 14. I know that media people are loving me because I didn't give them any. All this came to me this morning. <laughs> John 14, 25. Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm present with you. And this is before the cross. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, will, whom the Father will send in my name, and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I've said to you. And this is what Jesus says. Peace. Not just peace. Like, not just problem free. You know, it can all be going crazy all around you, but you can have peace in the Lord. And he wants us to get to that place that we can learn how to abide in him and rest in him. And, 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 and you know, when we have those moments of fear or pressure, anxiety, there's no shame or condemnation. It's just a point of going, okay, Lord, I need, I, I'm receiving. You said you were going to give me peace, not like the world. You're not an Indian giver. I'm going to receive it. Help me to walk in it. And so he said, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I believe we have a choice. 
I mean, y'all have heard me talk about this. I mean, Sam and I, I mean, there's, I mean, sometimes it seems like the troubles come in like waves. You know? And I'll go, well, either we trust him or we don't. I mean, it really boils down to that. And if I, it can, if I can make a choice, I'm going to trust you, even when it doesn't make any sense. Then it aligns my spirit to stay aligned in him, keeping my gaze on him. Because if I don't trust him, then my soul is open to all that fear and anxiety. And you know when, when we're afraid, our worst self shows up every time. He says, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled or let it be afraid. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you will rejoice because I said I'm going to my Father. All right, so then flip over John 20. Just turn the page, a couple pages. And this is after the cross. The same day at evening, be the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Now, what was the prophetic word? That you can serve me with what? Without without fear. See, so we're just like the disciples. We get, we get all afraid. Jesus came and he stood in the midst of them and he said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then all the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, you're forgiven them. If they are retained of any, they are retained. And then Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, he was not with them. And the other disciples, therefore, said to him, we've seen Jesus. So he said, well, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my fingers in his nail on the side, I will not believe (laughs) After eight days, his disciples were again together, and Thomas with them, and Jesus came. The doors were shut, and he stood in the midst, and he said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach in your hand here. Put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. I believe the Lord wants to stir up your faith over the things he's spoken into your life to believe. And he wants you to have peace on it. It's nothing you can do apart from him. In fact, if, if you can do it apart from him, it's probably not him. He wants the Holy Spirit to overshadow us. He wants us to be carrying Jesus where we go. He calls us to the impossible. He's, he's the God of impossibilities. But see, the thing is, a lot of times we find ourselves asking him to bless what we want 
And he's like, I really am interested about you blessing what I want. <laughs> Matthew um, jumped in. It, Philippians 4, <coughs> 8. I can't tell you how many times during prayer he'll allude. It's like a, it's a runway to where I'm going to go. <laughs> We'll just finish here. Matthew, you're tuned in. So Philippians 4, Paul, who's writing this, who's, who spent quite a bit of time writing epistles while he was in jail, wrote this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, so I want you to imagine those things. Think back. You know your trigger points, the things that can be, you can create that anxiety, that fear. Do you, do you know them? Are you familiar with them? Okay. I want you to imagine giving them over to the Prince of Peace. Yeah, walk into the throne room. Okay, here you go. Your government is moving in this situation, even if I can't see it. Your peace, you're the, the Prince of Peace, Shalom. And while I'm waiting, you can renew my strength and I can walk in peace and joy because your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So sometimes we can find ourselves um, kneeling down to the idol of our circumstance versus giving our circumstance to the Lord and just going, God, you're bigger than this, and I don't know how you're going to do it or what you're going to do, but I know you're true to your word, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to choose to trust you. I thank you. The other day, and, and see, the thing is, sometimes we try to do this for ourselves. Have you ever, you know, like, oh, once I'm, I'll just kind of, I'm having a struggle. I don't know why it's doing this. That battery's dying. You guys are being so patient. All right. Hey, this one works this time. Okay. So um, sometimes, you know, we kind of keep it hidden to ourselves and we're like doing all of our battle. Sometimes we well, I know I'm not going to speak about it because that could be negative, but we're not dealing with the, 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 the cloud that <laughs> this is just like here. And sometimes we need to go and just say, you know what? I need to just let you know something. I'm giving to the Lord. It keeps coming back. So would you kind of partner in prayer with me on this? We're not created to walk alone in these things. Sometimes we need, you know, this past, it was just a week ago. Just a week ago, I, I was, I'd gotten tired. I, we've been having a lot of great things and a lot of challenges all at one time. And I got tired. And um, I told Sam, and I told him Wednesday before Sunday, 
Uh, just so you all know, the snow day we had last weekend was for me. <laughs> I needed a weekend. <laughs> so, but I told him the Wednesday before, I'm, I'm tired. And it's not that I'm in a bad place. I just don't even have time to get rightly connected with the Lord. I feel fragile. So I, I told him that. Because then, and, and, and it's like I had to trust that, because I knew he was experiencing some of the things we were, like my fragileness wouldn't create fragileness in him. <laughs> you ever feel like that when you're married spouse? Anyway, but thank God he was in a good place. <laughs> and um, so Sunday night, you know, and we had a few things come up, and like Sunday I was just, I, I was like spent. And this is after two days of inactivity. That's how spent I was. And um, I, I was taking a bath, and, and he came in, and I just said, I need you to speak truth to me. But he started talking about the circumstances, like, no, those, those may or may not change. I need you to speak truth to me. Tell me who our God is. Sometimes we need to hear, we need to just be, you know, sometimes we need um, other saints to come around and lift up our arms when we're tired. Hold them up, Moses did. Sometimes we need to lift up our shields for others, one another. You know, and, and, and I think one of the biggest plans of the enemy is to get us isolated out of community. And we get so afraid to be honest about, you know what, right now, I'm tired. <laughs> We've got, to, we've got to create a safe place to grow. And, to, you know, sometimes I'll be speaking truth to you. I told him, I said, Sam, I've seen you be in the worst place. And someone can come in, and you know how to they share their problem, and you can speak truth. I said, I need you to be my, be my pastor right now. <laughs> speak truth to me. <laughs> and he did. It was good. And here I am. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> said, be anxious for nothing, and everything prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, see, it's not enough, though, to just give, give it to him. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on that. That's going to help us walk in a confidence in who our God is and in peace. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these things. And the God of peace will be with you. I just want to say to you good news the prince of peace is reigning the prince of peace is reigning and I believe that he is raising up a generation who will serve him not out of duty but out of delight without fear Because love casts out fear. When, when you understand his love for you, his love for me, when, I, when, I, when it goes back down and 
it's like, well, you know what? Really, I know that I know that I know this too will pass, that my God <laughs> is over and able, and it's only upward and onward, even from this place. And even if that means going down, I got, you know, I don't know, sometimes it kind of goes like this. I do want to, um, is anybody doing keys today? Okay. Yeah. Father, I just want to come before you right now. And I want to thank you for sending Jesus, Emmanuel, God, with us. And today, I just really feel like you want to be made known to your children, this Prince of Peace. I declare that we will be a people that will serve you without fear. And that you, Jesus, will make our walk on the path of peace. I thank you that you demonstrated what it was to live completely dependent upon the Father. And you only did what you saw the Father doing. And I just pray, Lord God, that each one of us would be so aligned with you and what you're doing. I ask right now that anxiety and fear and pressure would be broken. Would you remove those yokes off your people? Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that anyone that has been tormented with a spirit of fear, that, Lord, you would deal with that right now in the name of Jesus and in the power of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that as we exalt and we lift up the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, Lord, you've already won the battle against that demonic principality in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I declare that faith would arise, that you would teach us how to walk in your kingdom, to live in your kingdom with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I thank you that is not enough for you 
that we would be forgiven of sins and healed, but that you want us to walk in shalom, peace. You desire for us to flourish regardless of what the circumstance is. And Lord, I, I repent and I ask repentance on behalf of your body. Lord, we've been so wanting you to deliver us from the circumstance versus allowing you to transform us into the image of Christ. Lord, I thank you that you are about delivering us, but you also want to bring transformation in the inward man. And I ask, Lord God, that you would conform us to the beauty of Jesus. Lord, I pray for each one that has heard your word. And today, as we declared publicly, may it be to us according to your, we even say that corporately to the word you spoke to this house today. We say it not only individually, but corporately. And I even go as far as to the body of Christ in this region. May it be according to your word, what you desire in and through this region. Lord, we're asking that you would move in such a way that this light of Christ that has come into the earth and who is coming to again, Lord God, that we would be your hands and feet to let others know the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This reconciling God that reconciled, there is brokenness all around us, and yet you are the one who's brought reconciliation with you and within ourselves and with one another. We give you praise, and we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.